it was like one of those sneak attack things like you just didn't know that it existed and then people eventually realized and they turned it off but like everyone could just see where they were and it's like very accurate too it's better than find my friends like it'll show you if you're in your backyard and like i don't know it's just scary like it's, i don't know it's scary for random people to know where you are This is Lock and Code, a Malwarebytes podcast. I'm your host, David Reese. Our main story today is about our biggest online fears. The internet is enormous. It fits so many lives into it. It shapes so many lives around it. It pushes people out by giving some people a platform they wouldn't otherwise have. And it connects countless people to strangers, uh, helpful strangers, curious strangers, malicious strangers, anyone and everyone. And what this all means is that the first fears of the early internet are changing. Uh, It isn't just ransomware and viruses to worry about, and it isn't just the theft of credit cards or personal data to worry about. Increasingly, the internet is scary because of what it can expose. A year ago, Malwarebytes co-published a report into the realities of growing up and parenting online. And when we did that, we spoke with a Bay Area high school graduate about what she thought were the hardest parts about growing up online. This year, we've brought her back because just last week, we published a second follow-on report titled, Everyone's Afraid of the Internet and No One's Sure What to Do About It. You can find the report on our blog, Malwarebytes Labs, and inside you will find our latest research on what the public, which includes parents and teens and everyone in between, uh, think about being online. And that's their concerns, their behaviors, and their failures to do pretty much anything to keep themselves safe. And if that sounds judgmental, well, it's because 65% of people we surveyed reuse passwords. 65% doing the literal one thing that people are not supposed to do. Is it hard to remember a unique password for every single account? It is physically impossible. Yes, you are correct on that. But there are password managers, several of them free, that help with that. But as we also found out, only 15% of people use a password manager at all. Okay, but today's episode is not meant to shame the general public. Instead, we're here to dig into an interesting wrinkle in our data, which is that Gen Z approaches the internet in a different way from everyone else. Gen Z worries more than anyone else about personal, confidential info being exposed. 81% worry about having personal, private information exposed, like their sexual orientations, personal struggles, medical history, and relationship issues. And that 81% is compared to 75% of non-Gen Zers. 61% of Gen Zers worry about having embarrassing or compromising photos or videos shared online, uh, compared to 55% of non-Gen Z. And 36% worry about being bullied because of that info being exposed, while 34% worry about being physically harmed because of it. For those who don't belong to Gen Z, those numbers are a lot 
lower. Only 22% worry about being bullied, and only 27% worry about being physically harmed. Now, does that mean Gen Z is more careful to prevent just that type of information from being exposed online? Not from what we can tell. No, not exactly. Uh, Not quite. They talk more frequently to strangers online. They more frequently share personal information on social media. They share photos and videos on public forums more than anyone. Uh, All things that leave a trail of information that could be gathered against them. And look, they are not alone. They are actually like everyone else here in that we are afraid of things we can control that we do nothing about. Don't believe me? 81% of everyone worries about identity theft. 13% use identity theft protection services. So what are you afraid of and what are you doing about it? And how can we help? Today, to help us understand what she is worried about when being online and what she does about it, we're speaking again with Nitya Sharma. Nitya, welcome back to the show. Hello. Hey, thanks for coming back. Uh, We were so excited to have you back. You told us last time a lot about the difficulties of growing up online, and I think we learned a lot from that. But this time, we're taking kind of a different angle here. And like I said in the intro of the show, we're curious about not necessarily what's hard about growing up online, but what you are worried about. And I ran through a bunch of stats there and I ran through a bunch of numbers and I'd like to pull away from those numbers because even I get bored with that stuff. And so I'm gonna open it up pretty broadly here and just ask, what are you most worried about online? Um, I'm kind of scared of AI. Like, ChatGPT is pretty crazy. And <laughs> I feel like it will get crazier, but like, I feel like it, like each thing will come slowly so that it'll it'll be normalized. And then like, I won't realize like what information I'm giving up. So I'm kind of scared of like AI, like sneak attacking me. <laughs> what does that mean to you? Like, what do you mean by AI could like eventually sneak attack someone? Well, like there's this thing on Instagram where like people are like trying to make ChatGPT figure out where they live by telling it stuff it's like why would you do that but like it's not good for them to have that information or there's this thing where you like put a picture of yourself not in ChatGPT, but in some other ai thing and then it makes headshots of you but then it knows what your face looks like and it's like generating fake images of you and i feel like that is scary do you know if it's successful in terms of, so number one, the Instagram trend of people trying to find out if ChatGPT or if an AI system can learn where they live. Do you know if it's been successful, I guess? I don't think, like, it's not going to tell you your address because I feel like, yeah, I feel like they have some rule against that, but they like try to figure out the city they live in. I think it does work. They're like, oh my God, ChatGPT is so cool. <laughs> I think like if, it, like, if it, it, like if you tell it information, it'll be like, oh, you probably live in this city. Ah. Uh. It's not like they're doing some crazy stuff and like tracking your IP address. But they're like, yeah, they'll tell where they go to school or like restaurants they like. What I don't know, stuff like that. Yeah. And so there's just like this appeal of the combining of all that information for to see that, oh, ChatGPT does know. Like ChatGPT knows that the restaurant I go to is in this city. But it sounds like here there are some concerns about ChatGPT or AI systems maybe learning things? And do you think that it would learn things that it could use against you? Or, or what, is a, what is a sneak attack, I guess? I was reading about 
Well, that's not even related to the internet, really. But I was reading about you yeah. almost trying to make a brain chip. And, like, <laughs> it sounds crazy right now, but I feel like if you got more used to just, like, giving up your personal information to, like, technology, like, I feel like people will trust it so much. And then it wouldn't seem that scary. Because, like, some people think that it's not a bad idea. So, like, or, like, when you think about, like, like before people even had phones. And, like, now it's very normal to, like, be on your phone all day. So I feel like I'm afraid of it getting very normalized and then people will be willing to give way more of their information to the thing. So do you know people who use ChatGPT on a daily basis? Like, are they are they just like toying with it or is there anything that they're using it for? And like my main question there is like, is anyone using it for school, like school assignments or work? Well, I use it for school. One time I made it generate my whole lab report. <laughs> <laughs> what? How did you do that? What did you do? Like, what did you ask it? What what happened there? Okay, basically, my chem professor was so awful, and she made us do all these ridiculous things. And I was at my cousin's graduation in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to do the report, and so I cheated. And I wrote, it was a, like, she wanted us, okay, because it wasn't even a lab we had done. It was this famous osmosis lab, and we were supposed to watch a video about it. And then write what happened. And that was the lab report. It wasn't even like a hypothesis of this. We were supposed to write what happened in the video. And it was like a famous video. So I just told ChatGPT, have you heard about this osmosis demo video? And it said, yes, I have. And I said, write a however many page, re- like one page report on it. And it did. And then I submitted it. And I bet she didn't even read it because whatever ChatGPT wrote was awful. And she still gave me a full point. <laughs> I asked my friend and my friend said they also use ChatGPT for that assignment. So, okay. So, man, there's so many things in there that I want to get into. One... That does sound like a bad assignment, first and foremost, right? And two, did you ever check if what ChatGPT said was an accurate representation of what happened in the video? Like, have you watched the video? Yeah. And was it correct? Yes. It was just a video of a person putting egg in acid and watching, like, osmosis. And they just said what happened in the video. Okay. Okay. Because I was curious if, you know, you say, like, if you say, hey, ChatGPT, have you seen this thing? And it says, yes. And you say, can you give me you know, a, a summary of it? But what if ChatGPT was just, because I know that ChatGPT tries to be agreeable. It doesn't like confronting a lot. I guess those are weird words to use, but there's a world in which it says, yeah, I've seen that, but it hasn't. And so it just makes something up entirely fabricated because it does make things up. You know, we found that, yeah. yeah. And so I was, <laughs> I was wondering if you had found out, you know, was it correct? And then, I really enjoy this idea of maybe it had made something up and yet you still got credit for it because your professor just didn't care. Like, was just like, I'm just going to give them busy work. I'm also impressed that like, you know, you weren't the only person to use it. Is that the only time you've used it like that? Yeah. I just thought that assignment was so stupid. So I wasn't going to actually do it. <laughs> I mean, usually like you can't really use like chat, like for an essay or something, you like you can tell that ChatGPT used it and there's like plagiarism detectors and stuff. So. I'm not going to use it for that stuff. When you say you can tell that ChatGPT was used, what do you mean by that? Well, like, they can't do, like, prose or anything. It, it just writes really basic sentences, and sometimes they don't really make sense. Like, it sounds like AI. Like, yeah, it doesn't sound like a real person wrote it. Because, like, it sounds like it's just taking information and then making it sound like a person said it. I don't know how to explain it, really, but... Yeah. I don't know. It's funny that the statement that you said here, it sounds like AI... But that statement didn't really exist when we checked in a year ago. And now, I think everyone who's read a lot of outputs from ChatGPT knows exactly what you mean when you say that. It sounds like AI. You said here it it can't write prose very well. I think that's a really interesting point. It's 
bad. Like it's dumb sometimes. <laughs> it's it doesn't sound natural at times, and it well, it sounds like an AI because, like you said, because it's um, you can tell when it's doing its thing. You can tell when it's kind of bad at its sentence structure and it sounds unnatural. Do you think that it might also then become unpopular with time? Like we talked a lot about how like AI is scary, but here we're talking about how AI is maybe not scary. And so I wonder, do you see there's a world where this kind of stuff just becomes like useless because everyone can kind of spot it from a mile away? Well, maybe for like writing essays and stuff, but it can solve my chem equations and things like that too. Hmm. Like I've tried, it's not very good at math, but it, I think it'll get better. Like I, I think people being unsatisfied with it being bad, like I don't see the progression being that people don't use it. Like they'll just make it better, right? <laughs> like it used to not be able to do math at all. And then one time I put in some very like confusing chemistry equation that I had and it solved it. It was kind of wrong, yeah. but it, it was still kind of right. I don't. I still don't know how to explain it. But it, it wasn't completely wrong. It, it it gave me a a good idea for how to start. So it's already gotten better. Yeah. What I think is funny is that you've immediately already hammered on like AI as the thing that you're worried about because in our research, so many people were talking about different things. <laughs> so many people were talking about identity theft and credit card fraud and like personal data being stolen for financial breaches, and also things like sensitive photos being leaked online or like things being shared online that would lead to reputational damage, um, things that would hurt relationships with family and friends. Do you worry about either of those groups of things? Is, is that first one, right, is like identity theft and credit card fraud. I'd even throw in things like malware, you know, viruses. That's like one bucket. And then the other bucket is like, I guess like online privacy invasions, things where it's like, hey, I'm going to take a photo, I'm going to expose it. Or I'm going to take something you said, I'm going to put it out of context. Do you worry about either of those two buckets of things i worry more about like the like identity theft stuff and credit card stuff just because like i feel like i don't really have that kind of like personal information on the internet and even if the personal information i do have on the internet got exposed i, I wouldn't really care but i also like i don't go to like a big high school where like bullying is a thing or anything so i think it's a little bit different but yeah, I'm, I'm sometimes worried about like when I pay for stuff, when I put in my credit card number and like, I'm like, so it could, this could easily get stolen. But I think I, I think like most other teenagers, like I worry about it, but I just don't care enough to like do anything about it. No judgment here. Just pure question. Do you know if there's anything you can do about it? I don't know. Yeah. I guess I could get malware bites. <laughs> that's so funny. That's so funny. Like, um, that's a very kind thing. And, you know, we're a company podcast, but even I'm like, look, you don't have to plug us like that. You know, you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to do an advert for us. But I think it's what I'm trying to get at here is that I think a lot of people feel the exact same way. We worry, particularly about things like credit cards. We worry about putting them on websites, but we don't have a, like, there's no recourse. We have to do it. If we want to buy something online, we have to do it. And yeah. that's kind of how it goes. Do you know if you have any identity theft protection or credit card fraud protection? I don't think so. I don't think I do. I mean, I don't really have that much money on my credit card at one time, but that's because I'm a kid and I don't have any money. <laughs> so, I, if I was an adult, actually, no, because I my dad doesn't let me put any of my money in my checking account anyway, so. I only ever have like 500 bucks in there at a time. So I'm not too worried about it, but I guess that's a method of prevention, but like it's not anything actually on my computer. Yeah. I asked because um, a lot of credit card companies and banks 
just have credit card fraud prevention like baked in like i use i don't want to like give an ad to chase right but i use chase and i also use chase yeah and so if someone uses like my credit card in like a weird way like if someone's like buying a ton of things like in minneapolis chase will catch that it catches it and it's, it sends me a verification it says hey like is this you and i know because it's happened like this isn't a this isn't a random example someone used my card to purchase a ton of things from sunglass hut in minneapolis and um like a thousand dollars worth and chase was like that's not real that's not like you're not there and so they sent me a notification they told me uh this looks suspicious can you confirm that's suspicious i said yeah and so then I just like, I didn't lose the money. Nothing happened to me. And so mm -hmm. I also don't quote unquote do anything to stop credit card theft other than I don't like put photos of my credit card online. You know, like I'm not, <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. do that. But I also don't do anything other than get protected by my bank. And it sounds kind of like it's the same thing with you. Like, hey, there's risks, but I just... I just go about it. Mm -hmm. Do you worry at all about malware? Do you worry about viruses? Do you worry about those things? Um, no, not really. <laughs> Hell yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. These are things that these, it's a learning experience for us too. You know, why don't you worry about those things? I don't know. I worry more about like, people creating things out of nothing than like someone getting to all my information because like i guess it would be bad like like i don't know like is my social security number in my computer somewhere i guess that would be bad but i don't even think it is so i don't know what they would what you would get on my computer like i just i just don't think you would get that much information and even if you did like and you shared it to like everyone i know i wouldn't care i feel like those people already know all those things but yeah then if you try to share it with like i didn't know that there's like threat of like sharing information with like bad people and then abusing it but i just don't know what you would do with it like show up to my house and try to kill me like okay. <laughs> yes so i think uh thankfully uh one of the threats of viruses or pieces of malware that can swipe information from you none of the threats i think are that someone will kill you I, as far as i as far as i know uh which is good that's like good news and it sounds like what you're saying is you don't keep a lot of private or sensitive information on your computer to begin with. And even if you did, the exposure of that information doesn't feel like a big risk. Am I getting that right? Well, yes. But then sometimes I would think about things like, well, it's like my date of birth. And I guess my social security number, I've used it in like applications and stuff and stuff like that. And like insurance information. So I guess if you took that, that would be bad. Like I know it, it I know if you think about it, it's bad, but I just, it doesn't worry me that much. I also wonder, is it, does it not worry you so much because you've never seen it happen to someone? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Cause I think that's, I think that's a large part of it, right? I was never worried about malware, right? Until I did get a virus on my old work computer and then I became worried about it. That's it. And I think something that's interesting is um, in the research we did, we found out that, um, 35% of people that we asked use antivirus tools. That That's super low to me. That's extremely low. But then I thought about all of like my friends and all of our, you know, like all our family and 
my wife and I are the only ones who use antivirus. <laughs> um, and that's likely because I work at Malwarebytes, right? And so I don't know people who have had viruses. And if they did, it wasn't a big enough thing that they spoke about it. It was just like, eh, okay, like that's a, that's a whatever. But one thing that I really wanted to like return to that you said is um, people creating things out of nowhere is what worries you more. What does that mean? Like deep fakes. Ah, what worries you about deep fakes? They can just, they can make it seem like you said something that you did not say out of nowhere, like not even taking something you said out of context. Like they can just plaster your face on some random person or like deep fake porn or like politician deep fakes. Like there are politician deep fakes on Instagram that like you can't even tell that it's fake. Like people believe that like Joe Biden is saying some like random stuff about the Holocaust that he like never said. And so I like they could definitely do that with like a random person. I just don't know why anyone would want to do that if it was like an irrelevant person you know yeah the threat of deep fakes feels targeted it's that someone would want to spread misinformation like you said about joe biden or whoever the president is or will be in the future um or a representative and also deep fakes porn is extremely targeted it's that you know someone wants to make porn off of someone they know or someone famous or someone they've seen before and those feel like targeted things. Those feel like someone needs a motivation. And I suppose there's a world in which you think, well, why would someone target me with that? Am I getting that right? Well, kind of. But I mean, if someone hated you, like, or like you broke up with your boyfriend or something and they were mad, like yeah. someone would definitely do that, like as revenge. So it's not really like it. I'm just saying like as a broader, like a random virus person, unless they're trying to blackmail you and they're like, oh, pay me so this much money or i'm gonna make this deep fake of you which i can definitely see happening that is a thing by the way maybe not with the use of deep fakes already but there is a common type of scam called a sextortion scam which is just that you get an email from someone who claims that they've hacked into like your webcam or your phone and that they yeah i got an email like that yeah right and I it's didn't care. <laughs> how did yeah how did you feel about that when you got that I didn't care. I have a cover on my webcam. <laughs> so you knew, you just knew immediately like, oh, this is a scam. Oh, yeah. It was like some random email. It was like they were like acting like, it's kind of obvious. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've, yeah, I think every, I, I've gotten them before. And I think it's so funny that um I also have a, like a cover on my cam. And so that's partly what I think helps someone believe oh, okay, like this is fake. But I think even without the safeguards that people put in place, it's a scam. The emails aren't well-written. Um, they come from- Even Nigerian prince ones. Like you just know, unless you're like old. <laughs> people do get scammed by those. That is true. I don't know how- Yeah, my grandma got scammed by that. Who got scammed by that? My grandma. <laughs> how- And my boyfriend, he sent rice to a person in Ghana. <laughs> Please tell us more about that. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, basically my boyfriend, some guy followed him on Instagram and was like, sent him a DM and he was like, he sent a picture of like some like Ghanaian family, I guess. And he was like, the guy was like, oh yeah. And he was just talking to like a normal person. Yeah. And he was like, oh yeah, like this is my family. Like we're really hungry. Like here's this website where you can send us stuff. And so he, my boyfriend was like, oh, like I'm going to send this guy a bag of rice. And so he sent a bag of rice on this website. And then the guy messaged him. He was like, oh, I didn't get the the money for the bag of rice. Like send the money again. And then my boyfriend did it. 
And then, and then the third time, I was like, no, why are you doing this? And then I think he realized it was a scam. And then the guy, like, called him, like, 20 times a day oh. and tried to, like, send him emails and stuff. Actually, when Wolfram gets scammed by things a lot, he also, his credit card was, his wallet got stolen. And he was like, oh, I think I just left it somewhere for, like, two months. And then he got all the charges at this taco place in San Francisco, like, $80 a day of tacos. And he was like, oh, like, maybe I just went to that taco place. And he just thought he, but he forgot. And then he like two thousand dollars and he never got it back because he waited like five months so okay so so what i'm hearing is that we should sell some sort of uh credit card protection or malware protection or scam prevention to your boyfriend i think that's the that's the big that's a lot of scams to fall for um yeah sorry i just thought it was funny it's it is funny um with the, I'm sorry. With the rice, how much, how much money are we talking about here? I think he like spent like forty dollars on rice. Which, first of all, yeah. it was obviously too much for a bag of rice. So I guess shipping to Ghana is expensive. <laughs> I don't really know. I figure, I feel like they have rice in Ghana, you know, and so like it's not exactly <laughs> the. If you told me that it was twenty dollars to, you know, like let's say the rice was twenty dollars, which it wouldn't be. And then let's say that uh, shipping it was twenty dollars. I would be like, "Look, we, what do you mean shipping it? Like, rice is a bedrock grain of human civilization. <laughs> like, it should be everywhere and closer than I don't know the United States." Yeah, I don't really know. I don't think it was actually shipping because I think it was like a website that like the website was okay. The thing is, the website was real and the guy was just using it falsely. Oh, okay. It wasn't a scam website. So tell me more about that. How did so he sent like the legit website, but then he wanted money sent a different way yeah so basically so the way my boyfriend realized it was a scam was because he was connected to like a worker from the website who told him like oh your thing got shipped and then the guy was like oh like the money actually didn't go through like we're not going to get the rice like send the money again like buy another thing or like so just send me the money directly or something i don't really know what it was yeah or like no the guy was no no wait that's what it was the guy was like a worker for the website like he had access to the website like to his account uh-huh. and he sent money like to the people's account but like then then the it connected the, i don't even know but so the guy like worked with the website but he was just bad and he was just trying to get more money it sounds like what happened it's rather ingenious i would say to be honest it sounds like what happened is that this person either was working for the website or wasn't but claimed that they were and they said hey send this money over through the website and then let's say like your boyfriend actually used the website. This guy could say, I work for the website. It didn't come through. Just send it to me directly. Since I work for the website, I can help you out here. So it sounds like potentially your boyfriend may have actually sent rice, which is, <laughs> which is great. He did. He did send rice. <laughs> and then it sounds like this person, the scammer is like, didn't go through, man. Just send it to me directly. I can help move this forward. And then, and then he just gets money, which is, I mean, that's, you know, that's how scams work, right? That's not, um, yeah, it's not related to tech. Sorry. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> I think, yeah, no, I, I think it is kind of related to tech to be perfectly honest, because these things happen online. Like these things are digital scams. They don't happen. They, they are so easy to encounter because everything's online. And so it sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like. It sounds like you don't worry about these types of scams because you have a different kind of radar. But I wanted to be sure here. Do you worry about those types of scams? Um, no, 
there are some Instagram scams where like your account will get hacked and then they'll send a message to a bunch of your contacts. Yeah. And be like, oh, I really need like money. Like I just like was out last night and I got my thing stolen. And those are pretty believable. Like it happened to my cousin's roommate and then he sent my brother a message and my brother would have sent money except he just like doesn't know my cousin's roommate that well. So he was like, why would he ask me? But like one of our friends actually sent the guy money and like, like $30 or something, like $50 or something. Oh, wow. And it was just a hacker of his Instagram account. So like those ones are pretty believable. So I think people are getting better at scams. So that's kind of scary. But Yeah. This is like the second part of the whole conversation, right? Is there anything you do to protect yourself from the things that scare you online? And I feel it's a little different because a lot of the things you've mentioned are AI and deepfakes. A lot of things you've mentioned are creating like fabrications, right? And so I don't know if there are things to do to protect yourself from that, but just opening the question up broadly, you know, what do you do to stay safe online from the things that you are worried about? Well, I don't really have that much social media. I only have Instagram and my Instagram is private. Although I do have a link in my Instagram that it's not private that has pictures of me. So I guess it doesn't really work. But uh, I mean, I guess I don't really have that much of an online presence. And I'm not very nice, so I don't really give people money. <laughs> like, like I'm not going to pay you money if I don't know you. I think it's just like a personality thing, like how much you choose to share. Like I feel like if I chose to share more or like be more public, I would be more worried. But I think I don't think there would be a reason to target me. Do you find that you that it's rare that you don't have? A big online presence do your friends are, are they are they the opposite are they the same uh, how much of a presence do they have um i don't think most of my friends don't really have that much of an online presence like i would say i have more of an online presence than most of my friends just that like i post more but like all of my friends have private accounts because it's like cool to have a private account because like if you have more followers and your account is private then it's like oh they're like really legit you know like they know people not just random people following. <laughs> no, that's true actually and yeah, so I think it's actually, it's kind of become cool to, like, be more under the, undercover, like, people make fun of people who post a lot or, like, share all their, like, information online, like, people think it's, like, cringy, so. Yeah. I'd say it's, like, around the same, yeah. Was it always that way? Was there, a, or is it only recently that y'all understand that posting is cringe? I think it's more recent, like, in middle school, like, people post it all the time, like, I never had Snapchat, but, like, I think Snapchat is kind of crazy, like. You like people have snap maps where they can rate like everyone can literally see your location if you have like a public snap maps. Mm -hmm. Like I know someone who buys weed on snap maps. <laughs> like, the guy just posts his weed stories and then <laughs> like, the person responds and they're like, "Oh, like I want your weed." And then the guy sees where they are on snap maps and will just deliver it to them. Like and like people have like, they post like everything they're doing like every time of the day and there's like streaks and stuff. So you're like incentivized to post. But I never had Snapchat because I didn't understand how it worked. So I I don't. I never knew about that, but like yeah. people, even with that, like people post a lot less now, like, or on Instagram, people would post a lot. They post like everything they thought, like every day and they do like, they tag all their friends and like post 20,000 stories a day. So it was like, I think cause when it's like new, people are, are excited by it, but now it's kind of like, it's cooler to be less active and be more mysterious. Yeah. When you mention snap maps here, right? That people can see your location if you have a public account. Why is that weird to you? Why is that creepy or, or scary to you? 
Well, it's just weird because like there's like find my friends and stuff that tracks your phone, but that's like you have to invite the person to it and they have to accept your find my friend and you can like turn it off. And I, I guess you can turn Snap Maps off, but like a lot of people when Snap Maps came out, I remember we're like, oh, I didn't even know this was a thing. Like, and they realized their location thing was just on because you had to turn it off for people to not see your Snap Maps. Like it wasn't like, oh, do you want your thing to be public? It was like you had to choose to make it not public. So it's like it was just like a it was like one of those sneak attack things like you just didn't know that it existed and then people eventually realized and they turned it off but like everyone could just see where they were and it's like very accurate too it's better than find my friends like it'll show you if you're in your backyard and like i don't know it's just scary like if i don't know it's scary for random people to know where you are yeah do you use things like uh find my like find my friend yeah because my mom forces me <laughs> i use it with my friends too well why do you use it with your friends i just like to know where they are Sometimes when I see my friend go to her ex-boyfriend's house, I send her a screenshot and I clown her and say, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> the idea that um, Find My is being used to, like you said, to clown on people, to just be mm-hmm. like, eh, got you at your lowest moment. Yeah. I see where you're going. That's very funny to me. Mm-hmm. That's, do your friends check where you are? And then do they also say things about it? Yep. Like what? I had, okay, recently I had a layover in Houston and my friend goes to college in Houston and she saw it and like she saw my location and she was like, what the heck are you doing in Houston? I was like, oh yeah, I have a layover. Or like when I'm like around like places my friends are, they're like, oh, you're in my territory. And then one time I went on a date and on my first date, I went to my school because there's a really good view. And then yeah. my friend was clowning me so hard for going to my school. <laughs> so like things like that. But it's just like lighthearted. Uh <laughs> That's great. Um, so I don't use Find My, and so there's so many things I'm curious about. When you check your like your friend's location, are you opening up like Find My in the same way that you just open up any other social media app? Are you just checking it to check? I, I, what is the yes? Yeah, <laughs> yes, I love it. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> I literally like my like I'll tell people with that like I saw their location like I'll tell tell, tell my dad about it because he has my mind like oh like I see that you're here dad and he'll be like what the heck like why are you checking like unless my because my parents there to them they're like oh why are you checking unless you want to know where someone is but I just yeah. check like periodically because I just want to see it sounds like your friends also use it the same way they just check periodically yeah when did you start like using it with your friends Oh, I think only like a year ago. Yeah. And what was that conversation like? Like, hey, let's, was everyone down? Was anyone like, nah, I'm not, I'm not into that. No, because mostly like, because like girls, I don't think boys use it as much, but girls are always like, oh, like, you know, like, let me know when you get home or like, you know, stuff like that. Like, I think it's like, it starts like as a safety thing. Like you want your friends to just know where you are, but then it's also fun. So like some of my friends who like, I'm not that close with, like I have them on find my just because it's like, they just wanted to know. And like, or we would talk about location. Like, it's like a thing. With, it's like more of a thing with girls. I think like, we just love having each other's location. So we'll be like, oh my gosh, give me your location, and then you get their location. Are there people who you wouldn't share your location with? Like, what? Like, what determines? Hey, yeah, it's okay. I can share it. And and what determines? No, I'm not going to share it with you. If I would be comfortable texting them and being like, oh, I see where you are, you know. <laughs> Like, if, if if anyone, like, I was new, like, if, if I'm not close enough with them that they would be like, oh, that's weird, I would not share my location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it sounds like these people are, like, it's normal for that. That's totally fine. Yeah, it's just, like, my closer friends. Yeah. 
I don't really know if there's like a limit. Like, I mean, random guy friends I wouldn't share with because like boys don't care about that stuff. They don't check. I think it's super important that um, we also kind of mention, like you said, that um, girls and boys are raised differently and that this idea that like, tell me when you get home, like I want to check in and make sure that you're safe when you get home. I didn't grow up with that. We didn't really have that. I have two brothers. It's, I'm from a, I'm in a family of like all sons, right? And we just, we didn't really have that. And I think that there are safety precautions that exist and that the world kind of puts on you. And so it might be a little more, it might be more of a norm, you know, to just say like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm used to this already. I'm used to having to check in already. I'm used to the danger of a very different world. And yeah, I hadn't thought of it like that. And so, so I just kind of wanted to point that out. I, th- I also wanted to say that um, when your friend made fun of you for going to your school on a date, did you think that the, it was valid? <laughs> yes. <laughs> have you... It was such a dumb place to go. Have you stopped using the school as a date place? No. <laughs> Not at all. It's a really, really good place. It's on a hill and there's a good view and people go there all the time for the view. It's just like, it's just dumb because it's my school. Yeah. So you're saying you, you under, you're saying you understand the criticism, but you're not going to do anything about it. No, it's not like bullying, you know, it's like people I'm actually friends with. So it's yeah. like, I don't care. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I also want to be clear. I don't, I don't think it was bullying. I think it is a lot. I think it's very funny. Like, because yeah. um, <laughs> it's, I feel when I went to college, I, we would get the same thing, you know? So I'd be like, Ooh, you went, like, you went there? Like, what do you, like, you, we, we live there, you know? We, that's where we mm-hmm. have to go. I wanted to um, go back to this kind of question we had before, like, you know, what do you do to protect yourself? And then open it up again just a little bit more. Is there anything else you can think of? Like, are there any, like, proactive measures you have? It sounds like one of the big things is you just don't have an online presence. And I love that um, also, you know, one of your defenses is that you said, you're just not very nice. <laughs> so you wouldn't give uh, money to people just as is. And it sounds like you're just kind of skeptical of these things. But I just I wanted to revisit it. Are there other things you do? Like, do you, do you use any specific software tools? Are you using any antivirus or like VPNs? Or when I say software, what comes to mind? Are you using anything? No, not at all. Not even VPN. I get so many YouTube ads for it. I know my mom wanted to put malware bytes on my computer, but like, yeah. I just, I just didn't care. Like, I didn't want it. <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> but like, I know people who do care. Like, my people my age who do care. Like, my cousin does like coding and stuff, and he's like does like software stuff. So like, he I think was more aware of like the threats because he was part of it. So he really wanted malware bytes, and he like was like like, oh yeah, can I get your discount? Like to my mom. So. I think it's just, I don't know if it's lack of awareness, but I just don't have anything. Yeah. Do you reuse passwords? Yes. Yeah. But not not that much. Like, I'll reuse it for, like, max, like, two or three websites. Yeah. But, like, because I have, like, because most of my stuff, like, I don't, you have, like, logins for random websites. Like, I have Spotify. Mm-hmm. Then I have my, G, my Google account, mm-hmm. which is, like, most of my stuff. That's my email, my right. YouTube. Like, that's only one password. Yeah. And I have, like, like the school account and then i have my like personal email account it's like that's like the mac that's the most of the stuff i have passwords for and like my college applications so i think i maybe reuse passwords for like my school account and my college application account Mm -hmm. and then i have my two gmail accounts but those have different passwords so so you would say that the number of accounts you have is like below 10 i would say so well i okay wait i used to have a lot like yeah 
but I just don't use them. Like, it's not anything I care about. Like, it's like clothes selling uh, or yeah, like yeah. Grammarly, <laughs> you know, commercial things. Like, what I don't even buy from, you know? Yeah. Or it's like I put in, like, I definitely use reuse passwords for that, but it's like there's none of my information on those websites. Like, I don't use them, you know? I just get yeah. emails from them. I wanted to be, like, I wanted to revisit that number because, um, like, I have a password manager. And I have like 194 accounts and I've, yeah, and it sucks. (laughs) Um, And some of it is there's a lot of things out there that I've had to sign up for because like, okay, so like it's something I really absolutely hate is um, when you have to like make an account to track like shipping from a certain website. I can't stand that, but I also want to know where my thing is. So that's like one (laughs) example, right? And then the other example is just like when you're in the working world, like you have like 30 things you have to use, you know? Um, and so it's super annoying. But to hear, gosh, even to hear a number below 100, I was like, whoa, what a simple, beautiful thing. <laughs> well, I didn't know it was below 10. Like I definitely have put in my email for like tons of things, like made accounts for tons of things, but it's nothing I use. Like, yeah. like my Slack account I use for like work and stuff, but like it's connected to my email. So it's the same password. Like. Everything is connected to my Gmail account. So, like, if that password got breached, like, I would have, like, all my stuff would be gone. Like, that would be bad. Mm-hmm. But I think most most everything is connected to my Gmail. Yeah. Because you know that Google sign-in where you, like, put in your Google password? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I use that for everything. So, I guess I'm reusing that password for everything. But I, I'm pretty sure that's secure. Yeah, yeah. No, that's – um. I use the Apple version of that. And, yeah, that's, like, mm-hmm. built specifically to be secure so that you don't have to create – and remember new passwords on your own. Um, yeah, it's the, like, I use that. Yeah, well done. Like, you know, it's simpler, it's secure. Like, I think it's a, and like you said, there's so many accounts out there that are one time, you know, like there's like, they really are like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use this thing once, maybe twice, and then I'm gonna forget about it. And why would I go through the effort of creating and remembering a password when, you know, Google can do it for me, you know, and it can link it to my real account, authenticating that I am who I say I am. I wanted to close out here and actually revisit AI because like that's something we specifically asked about in our survey. And I know that you already said those are things that you worry about, but I wanted to maybe shift a little bit and just say like, where do you think it's going? Like, where do you, like, let's say we do this interview again a year from now. What do you think will have happened in AI by then? I think it'll be able to like make videos of you saying stuff like if you wanted to, like, create like a video or like a speaking thing like, i think it'll be able to like generate things with your voice and with your face which i know people can do with like editing softwares and stuff mm-hmm. but like i think it'll be readily available mm-hmm. i think people will definitely use that especially for like content creation mm-hmm. you know i feel like that could be helpful for people and people would definitely use that yeah i just think it'll get better like i think it'll get better at acting like a human you know i mean i'm definitely gonna i tried to use it for my college essays it didn't really work but i mean if it would if it worked better i would have not like I was generating my college essays, but I was like, I had too many words and I was like, oh, cut this down. Ah. But then it, it took out like random words and it didn't really work, but it, it gave me a good idea, you know? Yeah. So it can be used for good. I think for school, it's kind of worrying just because like it's another way of cheating, but teachers just have to, you know, adapt and, you know, more project-based stuff and things like that. So I think, yeah. I think if you're really into like social media and the internet and content, I think it can definitely be exploited for that. And I feel like those kind of people might run, run into some issues, like just like with it making like taking your voice and your face and stuff. But I think if you just are using it for like school and work and stuff like that, I think it can be also helpful. Because you mentioned, you know, creating things, 
and it can have you say something that it didn't say. And we talked a little bit about like how deepfakes are already happening. All of this makes me think about the term disinformation. And I, before we end the interview, I did want to just ask you, are you worried about disinformation? Yes, because <laughs> I fall for that stuff all the time. Yeah. Like, like, especially those videos, like I told you before on Instagram where it's like politicians saying things they didn't say yeah. and like stuff like that. Like I, half the time I believe it until somebody will read the comments and it's like, oh, this is fake. Like this didn't happen. But like, yeah. if you don't read news and you're like mostly getting your like news from like social media, which is kind of what I do, which is not good, but like it can be used like for bad, like, like I could definitely be used to rig like elections and things like that. And I would fall for it. Like I definitely would. So I'm so happy that there's such that you just are honest about this. Like there's such candor, like, look, I, I, I fall for it. I would fall for it. I'm vulnerable. It's not something we typically hear. And so, but it's also, it's also really good that you are worried about it because then it means you know that it's out there and it means that you are probably like you're going to scrutinize it just a little. The fact that you read the comments is probably something that maybe other people don't do, you know? Um, oh, everyone reads the comments. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't read comments. I don't know. Like, I don't it's, oh. uh, Well, okay. So, like, do you use Instagram Reels? Do you watch Reels? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, a, what a hurtful yeah. question. Yes, I um, I do watch Reels. Um, I don't read comments. I don't. But, like, also, my experience with the internet growing up is potentially a little different that we were like, explicitly instructed to never read comments because the early comments were just poison, you know, like it was the most hateful, awful stuff. And it was typically write comments on things you made, things you posted. Oh. And so that's why we like my age group, like millennials have actually kind of been trained to not read comments because anytime we put something up on YouTube or we made a blog or we shared something with the random internet, like when the internet was public and you didn't have private accounts, it was just like hate speech, you know, like it was just awful stuff. So, uh, no, I don't read comments, you know, which is a little clue into like, you know, we have different internets. Yeah. Well, it's like an attention span thing. Like sometimes you get bored from the video and then you're like, oh, I want to read the comments. And sometimes oh, yeah. on, when I had TikTok, the, t the comments were better than the video because people would say the funniest <laughs> stuff. But there's some pretty bad stuff. Like, like there's just good. <laughs> Never mind. But. <laughs> <laughs> but like the comments are still pretty hateful like people definitely take on an identity on the internet of like being anonymous where they just say like crazy stuff yeah but reading comments is like it's like part of the experience yeah now well i don't know you know what i'll give it a shot i'll give it a shot next time it happens uh <laughs> and a year from now i'll be i get to say um it was great or it was uh awful <laughs> um <laughs> nitya i wanted to thank you again for coming on today's show Thank you for having me. To our listeners, we'll talk to you again in two weeks. Until then, stay tuned and stay safe. And remember, you can find our report. Everyone's afraid of the internet and no one's sure what to do about it. On Mauerbytes Labs at mauerbytes.com slash blog. Alternatively, you can just click the link in this episode's show notes on your preferred podcast player. Finally, our intro music is by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com, and our outro music is by Woa from Unminus.com. Today's show has been edited by our podcast consultant, Eric Johnson, at lightningpod.fm. Thank you, folks. Thank you.